Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome back to episode 61 of the Squiggly Careers podcast. That's actually quite a mouth twister, episode 61 of the Squiggly Careers podcast. <laughs> um, I'm Helen and I'm here with my co-host and co-founder of Amazing If, Sarah. Hi everyone. And our mission at Amazing If is to make work better for everybody. And this podcast is just one of the ways that we do that. And we do it by talking about the things that we think will help you to succeed in a squiggly career. Over the last 12 months on the podcast, we've covered everything from grit to gravitas and interviews to introverts. It took me a while to find <laughs> How long that take you to come up with that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I was looking for values, but it turns out we haven't covered many things that also begin with V. But um, yeah, it's worth a scan of all the different things that we've covered because um, 61 episodes does cover quite a lot of squiggly career topics. And if you're new to us, you can maybe do some catching up over the festive period if you want a bit of family downtime, maybe. <laughs> not that, you know, not that people want that. Obviously, everyone loves spending all of their Christmas break with family. But if you do, We've got uh, lots of episodes on career stuff you can have a listen to. Um, But today we're in a bit of a reflective mood. We are coming to the end of 2018. And very specifically, today's topic is going to be about reflection at work, self-reflection, what it is, why it matters in our careers today, and very specifically, some of our top tips so that you can develop it as a skill in your career. And I guess the the first thing for us to start with is what is self-reflection? So I did a bit of research, Sarah. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. And I found out that reflection derives from the Latin reflectare. I wish I'd done right. more Latin at school. It would make me feel more smart. I mean, I that's even like, know if I said that right. French. Is that, was that it what did. it meant to sound French? How, yeah. how, I don't know. How, how do I make it sound Latin? Reflectare. Maybe, that, maybe that's better. <laughs> Say yeah. it more seriously. Anyway, it means to bend back, to turn back or to turn around, um, yeah. which I thought was kind of interesting. So I guess sort of looking backwards, because I think... At its simplest, reflection, the way I think about it, is about um, careful thought about something that has happened sort of before the moment that you're in. Make sense? Kind of like you're looking backwards, but you're, it's a careful thought, it's a considered thought about something that has happened. Have you got a, a more informed uh, definition than mine? <laughs> no, though I was listening to something about how different cultures experience time. Um, so it perhaps isn't a, de- a definition, but it's perhaps more of just a, an interesting musing, which is that some cultures are more focused on almost like learning from the past, nostalgia, and therefore are just more kind of reflective in terms of their work. Some cultures, and I wonder now whether it's not even just cultures, but whether it's um, generations or different kind of tribes are more naturally kind of hedonistic. So, you know, live in the moment. And sometimes that's actually caused by, um, not just because they want to have fun every second, but actually because they find it harder to think about the future because maybe 
economic times make it more difficult to do that. And then some cultures, particularly some Western cultures, um, and perhaps this is something that was more in the kind of staircase-like world that we're kind of moving from as we get into the squiggly world, we're more future-orientated. So it was all about, um, you know, I'll be happy when I achieve this thing or always kind of looking to the future and being about kind of goal-setting. And really the point, as I was listening to kind of this uh, illustrated talk about it, is that just knowing sometimes maybe based on your family or your culture, where does your natural predisposition lie and therefore, do you need to spend a bit more time in kind of the different time zones? And I think here, what we're talking about today is going just spending some time actually think, thinking about the past, which actually, given we are all so busy and in squiggly careers, there is a lot happening simultaneously. It can sometimes feel quite hard to pause and reflect. Well, I think that sounds like a, a very uh, philosophical thing for people to watch given we're talking about <laughs> reflection. We'll post the link. Uh, I haven't seen what Sarah's talking about, that illustrated talk, so I look forward to it. We'll put the link in our resources for this It is episode. quite philosophical, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds really interesting. And on that, that point around busyness, when I was looking into uh, reflection and why it's good for your brain, that, that word pause, I think, is really, really important. And it said um, some of the things I was looking at was that, like, that pausing allows you to sort like all the information that we get now um, because we're kind of bombarded with lots of information um, with the way that particularly technology has enabled that to happen, but enables you to sort through all of that and kind of join the dots. So you can sort through observations and experiences and interpretations. But I thought the really important thing was that you can join the dots and create meaning. And from the meaning comes learning. And it's the learning that then can then inform kind of your future actions and I I guess in my head I can almost see this cycle of like the information join the dots meaning and learning and that's sort of reflection is critical for that process to happen or all that's happening is sort of information action information action without the sort of the meaning and learning bit of the process happening. I can feel a diagram coming on Helen. I know I know you know I love one. Um, and I also found a really nice quote from Peter Drucker, who, for those of you who don't know, is kind of a one of like the management theorist stalwarts. He's, he's kind of a, like article upon article, book upon book that he's written around management theory. Really interesting. But there's a particular quote in relation to reflection that I like. It's quite serious, but I, I think it's meaningful. And it says, um, follow effective action with quiet reflection. And from the quiet reflection will come even more effective action. So in my mind here, I'm seeing like one of those, uh, like a, is it a, like, a, like a double loop, like the infinity thing, uh, yeah. where you've got kind of action and reflection happening in like a little infinity loop? What I um, actually particularly like about that quote is that the word effective action, mm. because I think often we we reflect or over-reflect sometimes when things have gone wrong. You know, we all find it quite easy to critique ourselves, uh, to beat ourselves up for when things haven't gone very well. And that's often when we go into kind of reflection mode or it really makes us pause for thought when something hasn't gone to plan. But I like the idea here that he's sort of suggesting actually we should be pausing for thought when we do things that are really good and where we've been successful. And actually in a very different spirit, um, Clive Woodward, who was the English rugby coach when they won the World Cup, he often talked about how when they won a game or they've been you know they'd had a really good game him and his kind of management team spent much more time reflecting on why had that gone so well how could they do it more how could they repeat it more often and actually spent 
much less time when things hadn't gone to plan because actually you sort of want to just move on from those and get to kind of a better place. And I think that's just a reframing for people of when do you actually pause to reflect? And I wonder how often we pause to reflect when things have gone really well before we actually move on to the next thing. Yeah, another big question. I definitely agree. I guess we'll come on to ways in which that we reflect. But I do think it's so easy to get caught up in the busyness and then you kind of get tired at night and then you go to bed and then you're up in the morning to start the busyness again. And sometimes I think it's really easy to question where reflection can fit in. Yeah, there's some really interesting work that's done by quite a few researchers on call centre employees who spent 15 minutes at the end of a day reflecting about the lessons they they learned that day. So a really uh, regular reflection. And the people who actually did that performed 23% better after 10 days than those people who hadn't done it. And actually, I think that's fascinating because actually if you think about driving an increase in productivity and helping people to perform better 23 percent to me seems massive within a 10-day period there's Um, there's a a video of the um, one of the researchers is there a couple of research from harvard business school yeah it's about a five minute long video we'll we'll link to it because it's really good but one of the things that she talks about i think her name is jaddy di stefano i think that's the researcher that on the video but she talks about actually how doing more and more and more and being more and more productive isn't really sustainable. Like there are only so many hours in the days, we can't just do more and more. And so she talks about actually the the future of productivity lies not in doing more work quicker, but actually potentially in reflection, because when you take stats like that, 23% better with a bit of reflection, that is a more sustainable solution to productivity at work than sort of throwing more effort and sort of hours at it. Yeah, it's interesting. It does make you stop and reflect a little bit, um, obviously, on, um, you know, all of the articles there are around productivity and all the productivity tools that are springing up, lots of which we use. Whereas actually, sometimes would the best course of action actually be to go, I'm actually just going to spend some time much more regularly, make it a habit to proactively think about what's gone well, what I could improve, just all of the time. Would that actually make you more productive than any tool that you could get on your phone I'd say based on that research it's it's going that way and and she talks about why it is and she says that one of the reasons why you get that uplift is because in the reflection we end up thinking about what we did well and that gives us more confidence to do that again the next day so even without feedback from other people we just sort of have a more realistic view of our successes and what we're doing well and that informs our confidence so I think that's all yeah I think it's a really interesting point So should we talk about why we're not very good at it and what gets yeah. in the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what are your thoughts? Um, so I was trying to think like what gets in the way for me sometimes is just the time to focus on it. And mm. you can get very caught up, I think, in the here and now and projects and everything that's happening. We all have deadlines and you're almost like so immersed in that, that the idea of pausing to reflect just feels unrealistic and perhaps even um I was thinking about it because I'm a natural reflector I'm I'm naturally a reflective person sometimes it perhaps just wouldn't feel acceptable I think you know I can imagine if you shared with some of the people who you were working with who were all also working very hard that you know you wanted to spend 15 minutes every day reflecting or you want to encourage everyone to do that together I think I would have some nervousness about the kind of reaction that I might get from the people around me going, okay, well, that feels 
like less productive and actually we should be spending more time doing so kind of very counter to what we were just saying in terms of what the research has found but I do wonder whether there's a like a social pressure around you know being like seen to be busy seen to be working seen to be stressed all that kind of stuff and just the idea of having the confidence to say we are going to take time out as a team as an individual as a company to reflect I think would take you know some kind of senior role modeling and people you know really believing in it I guess yeah it's funny isn't it because if you said I'm taking some time out to be 23% more productive over the next 10 days it would sound (laughs) like I mean I probably wouldn't say like that but it, it would have different connotations maybe the word reflection doesn't really help because yeah, I can imagine people are thinking, oh, when I'm really busy, that almost sounds like an insult. Um, maybe it needs a new word that people can attach to. You know how, like, I think um, mindfulness, when people mm-hmm. think about it more as mental health or healthiness at work, I think it has sometimes has different connotations from mindfulness when people might go down a sort of a, a yoga at work kind of uh, mental kind of pathway. It feels different to when now people are thinking, I think much more positively, like mental health at work. You kind of draw different associations and then maybe place different interpretations of value on that thing. Yeah, I think um, I always think Headspace have done a really good job with that where they often talk about um, yes, almost like agree. taking your brain to the gym. Yeah, yeah. And I think that just as like an analogy, I think people understand that. They understand that you take your body to the gym to get your body to be fit. And actually, you need to sort of have the same kind of approach for your brain. And I think things like that, again, are just useful ways. And maybe back to your some of your original points around, um, actually, it's about the meaning and the learning. That probably feels like there's some more interesting territory and some of the right words there. Because if you were going, well, actually, each day I'm learning about how to be better, how to add more value in my job. Again, that just feels like it's probably more compelling for most companies. I think another thing as well with why it can be difficult is this is firmly in the territory of growth mindset. So if you are in a day that's either triggered due to be kind of quite fixed mindset or you're naturally that way inclined, the idea of sitting and reflecting on a situation and what you could do to improve or get better and learn from, that's not really that's not really sitting very well with someone who's in fixed mindset mode. And so I think your mindset has got to be, this is a good thing and that you are work in progress. And that might mean that you might reflect on some things that you could have done differently and better. Yeah, definitely. And I think we just all, well, I think a lot of people have a real bias for action. You know, that that's what we get used to and that's what we spend most of our times doing. And so this idea of stopping and where an action is less tangible is an action that you can't see. I think people find mm. that almost like harder to get your head around. Again, you have to have this kind of open mindset to that that is a thing, that that's an outcome, that stopping and think like reflecting, assigning meaning, learning is actually an action in itself. Yeah. It's a bit of a leap um, of faith in your is, time. It is, yeah, yeah. So should we talk a little bit about what works for us then and then we can go into some top tips for other people to kind of see if they can make this work for them if it's not already and if it is already then like get in touch with us and let us know how you're doing it. Yeah, do you want me to start then with, with what yeah. I do? Let's so do I actually find that some of my best reflection comes from being in surroundings where there are other people and where I'm almost kind of inspired by those surroundings don't have to be too intentional in terms of my engagement and so to be specific it's particularly things like going for walks by myself um, I'm a big fan of walking I think you um gives you time to 
just think for yourself and reflect and just be in open spaces. And I like being kind of outside and in green spaces, as cheesy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> and actually, sometimes I will walk and listen to a podcast or listen to music. So I'll have other things happening. But my kind of brain like kind of sparks off and starts thinking and reflecting, even sometimes being in different learning environments or going to things like exhibitions. To me, I'm actually usually doing my best reflection when I'm almost surrounded by something, whether that's kind of outdoors or by people. There's other things happening around me, but I am sort of by myself and there's no kind of forced action that I have to take. And I think that's when I make some of my like best connections or connect the dots in terms of thinking, okay, well, that went really well and this is why... Or why do I feel this way about something? Why has that been a particularly good week or a bad week or a great month? Or, you know, what what was it that worked particularly well? And it just gives me the time and space, I think, but while still feeling like I'm interacting with something else. So I can, I always know those moments and sense those moments because after them, I always feel a real need to be able to write some stuff down or to WhatsApp you, usually. (laughs) Do you plan it in? Do you like, so... If you think like, oh, you you reflect when you're walking, when you're going to somewhere that where you're stimulated by things. Do you you like say, and so I'm going to do that once a month or are you triggered by a situation or do you just take advantage of it when it happens? I think I I definitely don't plan them in, even though I'm I'm a planner. Um, But I do take advantage of days, times and spaces where I'm able to do this. And I do know it's important. So if I've had a number of weeks where, let's say, I've not had any opportunities to walk around London a bit which is where I mainly work or go to something that's just going to inspire me from a learning perspective I sort of feel that missing in my life and I I know I'm better at work and just better in life generally when these things are present so it's not like I need them all day every day but uh, you know even for example now my morning commute has changed where I've lost um, I used to walk at least half an hour both ways as part of my morning commute and I don't have that now and actually I really miss that because that built into my day a kind of part of my commute that actually really helped to stimulate my reflection. And, you know, there's that whole thing of, you know, at the end of your day, kind of finishing your day in a way before you get home where you've just gone, I'm just going to reflect on my day, think about what went well, what I could improve. And so I had that natural moment and I can feel now that because I don't have that, I'm kind of on tubes and they're a bit busier and a bit more frantic. I miss being outside a little bit more. Oh, you just reminded me about that other bit of research that was um, that they did a study of UK commuters and they found a similar result to that one that was done on the call centre, which was that when the UK commuters were prompted to use their commute to think about and plan for their day, the results found that those people that did that, they were happier, more productive and actually less burnt out and stressed than the people who didn't. So I think actually that um, using your commute time for this is a really constructive way of talking, like, particularly if you think, oh, I'm strapped for time and you've got one of those kind of blockers in your mind that's stopping you from doing it. That's kind of like potentially it's not necessarily dead time because maybe you listen to music or you're listening to a podcast or whatever maybe you're listening to us during your <laughs> commute but um actually that's that's like really useful time that you could use for this reflection process yeah so, so what do you do something similar yeah, or different no mine's really different I was listening to you mine is definitely more planned and definitely more isolated which is really interesting because I was thinking on, on that you know, generally I lean a bit more towards being an extrovert and or a lot more, and Sarah leans kind of more naturally just more towards being an introvert. But 
yeah, I'm much more like get my head down and dump my thoughts on a piece of paper. I can write it. Sometimes I, I, once I draw, I draw like mind maps. Um, it's it's more like a dumping of thoughts, and then I try <laughs> to think about what it means. And I I go in and out of habits of daily journaling. It's interesting when you say you said something like you can you can feel it's missing when you don't do it. That's how I feel when I don't daily journal. Like I've not done it for a couple of weeks because Sarah and I have been really like busy, amazingly busy. It's been fantastic, but it's um with travel and also I've been a bit sick and my children have been a bit sick. I've got out of the habit of daily <laughs> you journaling. You have been really poorly. I have been a bit poorly. But I've really, I've got out of the habit of daily journaling and I really value it when I do. There's something a little bit cathartic and I feel like I kind of collect ideas somehow in like writing down my thoughts I it's a bit of a dump I collect some ideas I feel like I don't end up thinking about things too much in my mind because I know I've put it down on paper I can't really explain it but there's something for me about daily journaling that I just find really useful and it's a very like um solo process I will just sit down at my desk on my own actually the quieter and the less stimulus there is, the better I like to do. I get up early in the morning before the kids are up and it drives me insane if they get up while I'm halfway through it for my poor children. And uh, yeah, I just find that really useful. So I think I do that. Um, Sometimes I do in the moment reflection as well when something has gone... I think it's not when something's gone wrong. It's when I'm overthinking something. Like if I've had a difficult conversation with somebody or I'm worrying about something, I don't like things going round and round my brain I don't really feel that that's actually a particularly healthy thing I don't come to any better solution when I overthink things and so if I just write down on paper like what what's the situation why am I feeling like this what am I in control of what action can I take like if I put those sorts of questions down I feel like it moves me through something that's just been in my brain that I was overthinking and not overanalyzing into something that just feels more productive and you know I don't even need to take the action I just feel like I've sort of taken it through a bit of a process probably because I've got that kind of process thing going on in my brain anyway that just feels a bit more productive and constructive rather than thinking it through so that I mean I think how I do it is very different to you and actually, um, it's really interesting there, even listening to you, you said, I don't even have to take the action. Whereas actually, you could argue there, well, the action was actually writing the things down in the first place. Mm. You know, it, because again, we have these kind of associations with actions always have to be, you know, something very tangible that might be on our to-do list that we can tick off. But actually, the action in that case for you is just going through that process of writing down what are you feeling, why are you feeling that way? And that's it. That's the action. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel better afterwards. I feel like I can get on. Whereas sometimes when you have the thoughts going round and round, I feel like they get in the way of me moving my my thinking on and doing the next thing. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So should we talk about some top tips from kind of our own experience and that we've seen elsewhere in terms of the art of reflection? Yeah, sure. Um, Maybe I'll do the first one because I think it links to the bit that I was just saying, which is that find a time for reflection that works for you. So Sarah and I will have very different times for this. The morning is brilliant for me because I'm like at my freshest, I'm at my most thoughtful and I don't have those other noises going on. I feel like I can, because I reflect most like the, the best I reflect is almost in this really quiet little chamber of just me of, and then actually the morning is when I can create that time but that might not be the same for you like I don't Sarah you're probably what I don't know afternoon evening is that more like the time for you to think well firstly I just think I'm asleep usually when you're reflecting <laughs> and then I think mine do you know what would actually probably be um almost like late lunchtime early afternoon because I'm not yeah. that's that's probably my least productive time in terms of doing and so that's often where if I'm working at home for a day, that is when I would go for a walk because I'll think I know that that's not the best time for me to be writing or developing a project. But then I, I kind of pick up my work rate again, sort of mid to late afternoon. So I often use that time where I'm no less I know I'm less effective at some other things to then reflect. Mm. And so our second tip is think about how you want to reflect in terms of almost like what's the right medium for you? Do you want to draw, write, make notes on your phone? Or actually, do you not need to do anything where you kind of bring it into the real world? Is it okay to just think in your own kind of head, essentially? And actually, it's just the process of thinking that's enough. Quite a lot of the reflection I do, I wouldn't say ends up in necessarily producing anything. Whereas I think if you think about the things that Helen was talking about, the majority of her reflection sounds to me like it results in you know, even if it's a daily journal where you're writing one sentence. And so just, I think, just work out almost like what suits you in terms of your own style of thinking. And and to figure that out, just focus on asking yourself the question of, you know, have you not just reflected, but have you done the assigning meaning? Are you clear about what you've learned and, you know, what you might want to keep doing more of or what you might do differently next time and I think as long as you've kind of completed that circle of thinking whatever you do to get you there is kind of up to you yep I agree I think there's no one size fits all I've tried a few different things and I, I go back to writing but I have tried to type it doesn't it's, there's no perfect solution there's no sexy tool that makes it work it's just whatever works with your headspace I suppose so number three then in terms of top tips is something we talked about previously around habit stacking, but using habit stacking to trigger the reflection. What I mean by habit stacking is you take an activity that you already do every day. So you go into the office and you sit at your desk or you go to your train and you sit on the train. So take something you already do every day and you attach 
the new habit you want to create to that. So in this instance, spending 15 minutes a day doing some reflection. So for example, what I might do is put my notebook on top of my laptop uh, before I go to bed so that in the morning, the first thing I see before I open my laptop is my notebook. And then that kind of like triggers a reminder to myself to to kind of do 15 minutes of reflection in my notebook or maybe I kind of say okay every time I sit down on the train I'm going to get my phone out and I'm going to open the notes field you know the notes app in my phone and I'm just going to spend 15 minutes kind of typing down my reflection answering a couple of specific questions or something so if I think if you can make a habit of this in some way can be weekly can be monthly you know find a frequency that's right for you then I think you're more likely to do it. And then our last top tip is to have a set of go-to reflection questions. And I think this takes reflection from being something quite abstract and quite um, philosophical to something practical, um, which sometimes you might feel like you don't need these. But for some of the people, this might help it to feel almost like a bit more action focused. So those questions could be things like, um, you know, why do I feel the way I do? You know, what am I learning? Uh, as a result of this situation what's in my control what's out of my control what would I do differently what should I do more of you know all of those kind of questions are just you you know you could write your own top five top ten reflection questions and have them in your notebook in your phone and almost just pick the ones that are most useful to you in any given context or maybe just for a week to get yourself into that habit as Helen was talking about in terms of habit stacking you just have kind of at the end of every day, back to that 15 minute call centre example, you know, you just ask yourself, what what was the best thing about today? Or what have I learnt from today? And you just get yourself into this kind of process of kind of ongoing reflection. And again, not feeling like this has got to be a big deal that you only do at the end of every year, albeit that is a time when lots of people feel like they're ready to reflect. I think I really like about that point as well, because I think maybe we haven't said this and we should have said it up front. The reflection doesn't have to be what is my purpose at work? Like you don't have to answer that every day. You can just do a what have I done well today? What would I do differently tomorrow? That's as that's as big as reflection can be. Um, And so I, I like that idea about have your go to questions and maybe make them quite quite small and quite specific in order to build the habit and then if it's right for you to ask bigger questions in the future do it or or just stick with those kind of small small ones I actually heard somebody say that to me once and I actually think it's quite a big ambition that um every day they just all they try to do is be that bit better than they were the day before Mm. and I think actually that's a really like in terms of your intention to go that, that would mean that every day at the end of every day you'd have to reflect on well, what would it take for me to be just that bit better tomorrow? Oh, uh, I love that. Quite, I know it's good, isn't it? Yeah, um, I really like that. I but feel it's like quite I want hard. to do it, but I'm a bit scared. <laughs> it's actually it's actually quite hard though, because it really holds yourself to account. And imagine, you know, if you're just getting better and better and better, and obviously you'll have some days where you don't succeed. But I like I like I that as a reflection question. I might, I might do it for the next week and just see. What Maybe the do it when you feel a bit better, is. when you're not feeling really <laughs> ill. That's hilarious. Don't <laughs> add another thing in, Helen, when you're getting no. over all this illness. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, Sarah. Thanks for the reality check. Um, So resources then. Uh, We've mentioned a few about the research, for example. There are a couple of other articles that we'll put on and also the um, illustrative video that Sarah mentioned. I definitely recommend that five-minute video um, of the person who talks through the research because I I found it particularly compelling to watch her talk through the implications of it. So they'll all be on (laughs) amazingif.com. We do a blog post to accompany um, this episode when it goes up. So just head, head over there and you can read that. Do you know the uh, resource uh, title that I really like in our list of things? Why you should make time for self-reflection, even if you hate it. 
(laughs) (laughs) So go check out that one. (laughs) Um, And so thanks everyone for listening. Just wanted to say again, thank you so much for everybody who gets in touch with us, gives us reviews, ratings and recommendations. We really do appreciate it. Um, And if you do make time to do a bit of reflection and you want to uh, spend a couple of minutes reflecting on the podcast, giving us a review, um, that would be amazing because that really helps us to keep doing these every week and to keep sharing them with kind of more people, which is brilliant and makes us super happy. And next week, so next week when this actually goes out, it's going to be Christmas Day. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Um, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm assuming most people won't listen to us on Christmas Day, but we made a commitment <laughs> at the start um, of this year that we would do a podcast every week. Um, we're, we're going to, in all honesty, we're not going to record this on, on Christmas Day, but we are still going to release them over Christmas. And so the next topic will be five habits to transform your career. So hopefully at some point over the Christmas break, hopefully you get a break, you'll have a chance to uh, listen to that. And, you know, still, it's it's often a time where sometimes you have a bit more time. So we thought we'd still release a podcast. So hopefully at least someone will listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as ever, if you do want to get in touch with us, there are lots of places that you can. Um, over on Instagram, where we are at Amazing If, we, I guess, share pictures of what's going on in our lives, in our careers. And we also do a daily career tip on Instagram stories. Lasts about two minutes and covers lots and lots of different things. Um, today, it was about visual intelligence. All very interesting. Um, over on Twitter where we are at amazing underscore if we often share links to things we're uh, reading and watching Uh, we do various posts on LinkedIn or you can just email us where we are just get in touch at amazingif.com so lots of places that you can I guess keep a conversation and keep connected to us Should, should you wish to do that we would love it if you did and so that's everything for this week thanks so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon bye everyone bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.